Shalom, and welcome to Israel Policy Pod. I'm Evan Gottesman. Israel's relationship with the Palestinian Authority is both one of its most important relationships and one most often politicized or neglected. Among Palestinians, PA-Israel ties elicit charges of collaboration and compound other grievances about the Ramallah-based government's authoritarian rule. Ksenia Svetlova is a journalist, former member of Knesset, a senior fellow at the Institute for Policy Studies at IDC Herzliya, and a senior policy fellow at Midvim. She has a new article out through the media line examining the state of Israel-PA relations, which will be linked in the description of this podcast. We're fortunate to have Ksenia on the podcast today to take a closer look at the important issues that she raised in her piece, Shaping Israel-Palestinian Authority Ties. Ksenia, thanks for joining us. Hi, Evan. Good to be here again. Let's get straight to the heart of what you were writing about in your article. You said that after the Israel-Hamas war in May, Israeli experts and policymakers suddenly discovered the Palestinian Authority. What do you mean by that? Well, Evan, uh, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, I think it's very significant to understand that what happened during the last war in Gaza is basically the collapse of the ideology that was advanced very much by the ex-Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, and this ideology basically said uh, one simple thing, that he, that Israel can divide and still rule the Palestinians, uh, that it can have convenient uh, relations uh, uh, with the Palestinian Authority in West Bank uh, without uh, making any real progress, without negotiations, without any economic uh, steps, uh, and still have some quiet uh, in the West Bank. Uh, and the same is with Hamas, uh, that uh, it's possible to make deals with Hamas that will assure for at least a few years of calm in between the uh, uh, circles of uh, violence. Uh, and uh, I think what happened, you know, in this uh, in this uh, in this war uh, is that now I think everybody understands that uh, Hamas is unreli- unreliable. It's an extremist force. Uh, it's an extremist Islamist organization, uh, and it didn't abandon its uh, dream of uh, uh, fighting uh, Israel and also, uh, if it's possible, also exterminating Israel. So I think that after this war, uh, many Israeli pundits and also policymakers uh, suddenly rediscovered the Palestinian Authority as the more moderate uh, actor. Uh, and because uh, also Hamas is getting stronger in the West Bank and especially in East Jerusalem, I think that many were uh, understanding a little bit too late, as I wrote in my article, uh, that it's much better to make business with Palestinian autonomy, with Fatah party, basically, uh, and not with Hamas, uh, which, as uh, uh, experience shows in Gaza, uh, is very problematic, unexpected and violent. Of course, what happened in May wasn't the first conflict between Israel and Hamas. It was the most severe since 2014. But what was it about what happened in May that prompted this reassessment on the part of some Israelis uh, when it comes to thinking about the Palestinian Authority? Well, basically, I think that uh, it was the realization that Hamas refuses to be satisfied with Gaza, that it wants more. Uh, it actually wishes to take over the PLO uh, to replace Fatah there, uh, to, that it has a great deal of influence in East Jerusalem, 
and also that it exercises some influence over the Israeli Arabs. And I think uh, it's something that uh, the policymakers in Israel should expect uh, for a while, especially in Jerusalem, because if you uh, fight uh, against Fatah presence, against PA presence in East Jerusalem, you forbid the uh, uh, activity at the Orient House. Uh, you forbid cultural activities, festivals, and so on. You arrest ministers of PA in Jerusalem. But then you actually oblivious to the fact that you have green flags of Hamas uh, in Jabal Mukabar, in Surbacher, in other neighborhoods in Jerusalem, because there is no vacuum. The vacuum uh, that exists there, it, it is filled now actually with Hamas. So you will refuse to deal with Fatah there, uh, but you let, uh, voluntarily or not, but you let Hamas be the strongest factor there. And uh, when I think that uh, for many it was a shocker when they saw in Al-Aqsa the green flags of Hamas. And I said, well, you know, what do you want? You basically fought against the presence of the PA in most of the neighborhoods in East Jerusalem. Uh, and now suddenly you understand that, well, you know, you have the more violent and uh, extremist uh, uh, party that is getting more stronger and stronger. Uh, and I think that uh, many uh, after this war just really reconsidered their relations with PA. And suddenly we heard guns even before the establishment of the new government, of Bennett Lapid government, speaking frankly about the necessity of uh, uh, strengthening the Palestinian autonomy. And we never heard these kind of words for at least seven or eight, or even I think maybe 10 years from anybody from the previous uh, Netanyahu governments, uh, consecutive governments. So now you have a new government in Israel. Um, they are trying to do some uh, uh, steps uh, in order to prevent the collapse of the PA. Uh, and in my article, I basically I put the question, I wonder if it's not too little too late. And before we address that all-important question, is it too late for uh, these steps to kind of rebuild the Israel-Palestinian authority? I want to take a step back and ask you, what exactly did the relationship between Israel and the PA look like in the years and months immediately before this new Israeli government was sworn in? You started to mention some of the ways Israel was curbing PA activity in East Jerusalem. Uh, what about in the rest of the West Bank? Um, so uh, the only thing uh, that was left uh, from the Oslo courts was the security coordination between uh, Israel and the PA. All of the rest of the activities that are stipulated by the courts, economic uh, committee, uh, joint committee for education, uh, committee for fight against uh, incitement and so on, uh, everything was halted. Uh, since 2014, there were no negotiations whatsoever. Uh, it stopped uh, in uh, April 1st, 2014. Um, and uh, there was increasing animosity in the Israeli government uh, towards the Palestinian uh, uh, leaders, specifically Mahmoud Abbas, Abu Mazen, the uh, chairman of the Palestinian Autonomy. Um, Netanyahu and his ministers often incited against Abu Mazen, despite knowing that uh, Israel relies on the Palestinian Autonomy uh, to also cooperate uh, security-wise in West Bank and basically to govern the day-to-day -day affairs uh, of the Palestinians, 2.6, 2.7 uh, Palestinians in West Bank. Um, and um, for so many years, uh, we saw the uh, basically the vacuum in this relation, uh, and slowly, step by step, uh, I think uh, 
also Palestinians only knows weakened uh, by this because Abu uh, Mazen specifically chose the way of non-violent uh, protest, uh, and he was counting on uh, making some progress on the diplomatic field. Uh, this never happened for various reasons, uh, not only uh, due to the unwillingness of the Israeli side, uh, there were also problems on the Palestinian side, but at the end of the day, it's Israel who governs, who rules the West Bank. It doesn't govern their day-to-day affairs, but it's there on the borders, it's there on the uh, crossings, uh, it governs the Palestinian economy very much. Uh, and uh, if uh, Abu Mazen himself uh, needs permits uh, from the Israelis to cross to Jordan, for example, then I think it's quite clear, you know, who is the sovereign there, who is the, uh, who is the party who is uh, ruling uh, this whole process, uh, the stronger party. Uh, so PA was weakened. Uh, 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 the Israeli government knew it all along that it's weakening, intentionally weakening the Palestinian rule. And suddenly, after the fiasco in Gaza, uh, dismay, I think it got very clear. The picture was crystal clear. So uh, Gaza is uh, lost to Hamas since 2007, uh, but also West Bank can be lost to Hamas now. Uh, and uh, uh, the question is, uh, you know, uh, whether Israel can, what, what can it do? Uh, what the new government can do after so many years of uh, very negative uh, uh, and uh, uh, stressful situation? Uh, in which uh, the Palestinians basically understood that, you know, uh, uh, perhaps uh, the Hamas get it right and the Palestinian government does not. Uh, and you see it also in the popularity polls that were conducted by Khalil Shkake Center uh, this uh, June. And they clearly indicated on the growing popularity of Hamas uh, in West Bank, in Jerusalem, in, you know, all of the parts of Palestinian Authority. Uh, you know, suddenly there is some realization that uh, these policies uh, that were uh, introduced for so many years, uh, they're dangerous to Israel's security and to the future, also to, of course, to the future of the two-state solution, uh, because Hamas doesn't recognize uh, this kind of uh, uh, solution, uh, but uh, not only because of that, because uh, uh, if we're heading to the situation of turmoil and chaos in the West Bank, uh, then uh, there will be no option uh, for negotiations for many years uh, uh, ahead. What is it about the Israeli arrangement in Gaza that officials in Jerusalem are now trying to change? I think that uh, the immediate goal is uh, perhaps not to change uh, the attitude so much towards Gaza, but at least to salvage what is left uh, from the Palestinian autonomy rule in the West Bank. Uh, as for Gaza, you know, there's still the uh, situation is very unstable. Uh, and um, it, to my, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a feeling, it's more of intuition uh, that uh, the May war, uh, it's not over yet uh, because there is no clear result, definitely no solution. Everything is stuck. Uh, it's summer. It's hot. They, they are lost on both sides uh, because they don't know what to do, how to proceed. Um, if there will be another war in Gaza, it will be devastating. Also for Israel, uh, and we all remember, you know, what happened in the Israeli uh, mixed cities and East Jerusalem, uh, and it can be much worse. Also, we understand that in Gaza, they do know that Hamas knows that the population cannot endure uh, another war. Uh, it, it's crazy to even think about it. Okay, so but there is also no reconstruction uh, because as long as Hamas uh, is in charge. Uh, not many international donors are willing to invest in Palestinian economy in Gaza. Uh, so Gaza is uh, one problem, and uh, yet another problem is the West Bank. Uh, because uh, if uh, Israel enjoyed 
for quite a few years uh, stability uh, in the West Bank. Uh, there is a severe, uh, I think the most severe economic crisis in years uh, in PA. Uh, and for now, all of the efforts are uh, centralized uh, around uh, this effort to help uh, the PA, um, you know, to survive, uh, to live through this crisis uh, and perhaps to stabilize it a little bit. Uh, because uh, uh, I think that nobody, even the most hardliners, right-wingers in the Israeli government understand what a grave danger it will be uh, if the Palestinian autonomy will collapse, if there will be no Palestinian rule. You just mentioned reconstruction in Gaza, though there have been things that have come up in recent weeks, like uh, Israel's defense minister, Benny Gantz, uh, saying that Israel should coordinate reconstruction through the Palestinian Authority, which is um, a change from the previous approach. Um, is there any kind of potential for that to actually happen? Well, you know, I think that Israel, of course, would prefer prefer that any of their uh, every effort to, to uh, assist the reconstruction in Gaza would be facilitated through PA. But Israel is also very much aware uh, that uh, there is no real reconciliation between Fatah and Hamas. And uh, just as uh, Abu Mazen will not let anybody from uh, uh, Gaza to come to West Bank and uh, coordinate things uh, in Ramallah or in uh, Bethlehem, uh, so, uh, you know, at the same coin, uh, Hamas government uh, is not uh, about uh, to easily agree uh, that uh, all of the money will go through through PA, through Ramallah. Uh, we had an experience with this before. It was not very successful. It didn't last for long. Uh, and I can, what I can tell you that already right now, without any coordination, um, Egypt is already assisting Gaza uh, in a, um, a reconstruction. There are trucks, many Egyptian trucks that are entering Gaza Strip. Uh, and... Um, uh, for now, you know, the, you know, the Egyptians are, of course, uh, are trying to make sure that uh, none of the materials are ending up uh, in the hands of the Hamas uh, uh, organization, Hamas leaders, Hamas militants. Uh, but I, as far as I know, the PA doesn't uh, follow it. Uh, they are not uh, facilitating this. OK, so for now, it's still something that is physically doesn't take place. Turning now to the West Bank. What specifically has the new Israeli government done to change or improve the state of affairs between Israel and the PA? So, uh, actually, some uh, important steps and vital steps uh, were already announced. They still, you know, are not realized because this government is uh, uh, only, what, two months old, uh, not even that. And, uh, and you know, until now, uh, there were a few decisions that were made. Uh, one of them is the Minister for Regional Cooperation, Nisawi Frage, uh, decided to reconvene uh, the committee, joint committee with the Palestinians uh, on economy. Uh, it's a part of the Oslo Accords, but the committee never met for many years. Uh, so uh, the committee still didn't meet. Uh, it was a recent decision. Uh, and uh, we are hopeful that uh, it will meet again. Uh, and parties will have uh, direct communication and not as they did in the recent years through the UN or through other mechanisms uh, that uh, coordinate between Israel and Palestinians. Uh, so this is one. Uh, there is also an intention to uh, approve 15,000 more working permits uh, to the Palestinians to work in Israel. This is very important because uh, the Palestinians who are working in Israel, um, uh, their salaries are... Uh, 
feeding uh, about uh, or even more than 2 million people uh, in the West Bank. Uh, so we are talking about uh, a significant increase. Uh, also, there is an idea that was uh, also mentioned by Sawe Frege, the Minister for Regional Cooperation, to uh, also introduce permits for Palestinians who work in high-tech sphere. Uh, not only for those who work in construction and uh, agriculture, but also for another group, uh, professionals who are engaged in uh, in various high-tech activities. Um, another thing that is uh, also is going into scrutiny right now is the enlarging uh, the share of Jordanian-produced goods uh, allowed to uh, be brought into Palestinian autonomy. So the Jordanian export to PA. Uh, will also grow, although it will take times because it needs, uh, it requires opening of the Paris Protocol uh, of 1994, uh, and uh, so uh, this is uh, basically negotiated with Jordan, uh, but also with the Palestinians. So you see, there are specific moves that are taking. There are sometimes it will take some time to to uh, advance them, uh, but there is a positive thinking, uh, much more than the. Uh, experienced during the last uh, you know, 10-12 years. Uh, the question is whether it's enough uh, at the recent point, because uh, as you might know, the international aid to the Palestinians was cut in half during the last decade, in half. Uh, and um, so we are talking about a very weak economy, dependent on uh, labor in Israel, dependent on uh, international aid, uh, and there is a, a quite significant a public sector um, that uh, not get their salaries this month and the next month. This is what I hear from the Palestinian uh, uh, experts on economy. Uh, so the situation is indeed very tough. And if there is no uh, speedy e economic recovery, uh, so the Palestinian Authority, which is already uh, not very much uh, popular, and it's losing its popularity due to the brutality of the Palestinian uh, security forces, uh, towards the demonstrators uh, and the human rights activists. So uh, I think uh, there is a potential for more chaos, uh, more confrontation, uh, less of control of PA um, over the uh, parts of the West Bank, and increasing popularity of Hamas that is uh, trying to use uh, the situation for its uh, benefit. Right. For all of the positive news out of the new government and what seem like some modest but important steps with the Palestinian Authority, there are internal Palestinian developments to account for, uh, some of which you just alluded to. There was uh, what happened earlier this year when PA President Mahmoud Abbas scheduled and then canceled elections for several Palestinian governing institutions. Uh, the May War, as we discussed, boosted Hamas's popularity at the expense of Abbas's Fatah. And you mentioned the PCPSR polls, uh, which illustrated precisely that point. And then there was the PA Security Service's recent killing of the political activist Nizar Banat and the protests and the repression that followed. So what do you make of all of that in the context of Israel's relationship with the PA? I believe that in the current point, Israel and the PA administration are the best friends of each other. They are in grave need uh, of each other. And that's why uh, we are hearing from more and more Palestinian officials, such as Hussein Sheikh, who recently gave an exclusive interview to the media line. And he basically said that, you know, PA is ready 
to come back uh, to the negotiation table. It's ready to also reconvene uh, the Joint Committee for uh, Fighting the Incitement. Uh, it's ready to do the steps that were never done uh, during the last uh, decade or so. So, uh, well, you know, why do they hear these voices? Because I think there is growing understanding uh, in uh, Ramallah uh, that if the situation will not improve, and the only factor right now that can improve uh, the economic condition is Israel, because Israel is controlling uh, more or less uh, 60% of the Palestinian economy. Uh, so I think that there is understanding in Ramallah that uh, they need to cooperate with Israel. I hope that it will be it will bear fruits. This cooperation will bear fruits. Uh, I know that there is also American demand uh, of reforms in PA itself, uh, and it's being postponed for ages. Uh, the question is whether under the uh, Chairman Abbas, uh, these reforms, also economic reforms, corporate reforms, uh, judicial reforms, uh, can be uh, uh, executed, because this is, I think, the only thing that can uh, stabilize the PA and that can uh, regain its popularity. Uh, so uh, in Israel also not everything is uh, going smooth because uh, this government, as you know, is comprised of both uh, left, center and right uh, wingers. Uh, and every step that is designed to uh, better the situation of the PA uh, is going through a lot of scrutiny. And sometimes it takes just too much time, which we actually do not have in our possession right now. Based on your reporting in the West Bank, is there anything short of regime change that would satisfy people who are angry and understandably angry with the Palestinian Authority? So um, by saying that people want the regime change, many many people mean different things. If I, can, I can quote from the study that was conducted by Khalil Shkaki Center. Uh, he, what he also referred to is that the people won't change, but they also are very much frightened uh, by the change style Arab, the Arab Spring. They do not want the uh, coming of the Arab Spring uh, to Palestinian territories. They saw what is happening in Syria and Yemen and Libya, uh, and this is not the kind of change that the Palestinians want. So uh, they understand that the, uh, something must happen, okay? So the reforms must happen. But whether the whole structure uh, that was created in uh, the Palestinian National Authority uh, that was created by 1993 uh, should collapse first uh, in a uh, perestroika style change, you know, that you first collapse the regime and you then build something else all together. Uh, I think this is very problematic. Uh, I do not think that the conditions are right for this kind of change in the West Bank. Uh, the only party that will benefit from it is the Hamas. Uh, so despite the uh, current popularity wave uh, that Hamas is enjoying, I do know that, uh, in fact, uh, you know, the majority of us bankers, uh, they uh, resent very much what is going on in Gaza, and they do not want West Bank to, to become Gaza. So I think uh, that uh, what the many people expect, those who, I, uh, you know, I'm in touch with, uh, some of them are actually members of the uh, Palestinian uh, uh, apparatus. Um, I think uh, what they expect is a uh, very uh, serious approach to the reforms. Uh, and actually, you know, many question uh, the possibility of having the reforms under the current chairman uh, and uh, his close aides. Uh, so everybody understands that the reforms are needed, that it's better than to just, you know, uh, 
just collapse the current structure and try to build something else because there might not be a possibility to build something else. Uh, if uh, right now there will be no Palestinian authority, uh, I think that uh, what can happen is basically it's a retaking of the West Bank by Israel in order to prevent from Hamas uh, to gain control. Uh, and there might be not another chance for a while. Uh, so that's why I think that eventually some changes within the Fatah party will happen. Uh, there was already, uh, we show the preview of that during the uh, pre-election period when we saw Nasser al-Kidwa joining hands uh, with uh, Maran Barghouti and with others uh, and uh, even trying to, you know, to run by themselves. Uh, so uh, in this way or another, uh, changes are inevitable. Uh, the question is how long will they take uh, and uh, will the Palestinian economy uh, endure uh, until it will happen? And what kind of changes then are people envisioning when you speak about serious reforms? What does that mean? So today, uh, the, um, there is no parliament uh, in the PA. Uh, there is no judiciary. Uh, I am hearing from businessmen, Palestinian businessmen uh, in West Bank uh, that uh, when uh, uh, they uh, have a situation in which their payment returns, uh, or somebody owes them some money. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it takes for the court four, five, or even seven years to take a decision. Uh, so there are actually no other bodies uh, than the Palestinian government and the security apparatus. This, this is it. And of course, uh, you cannot uh, run a, a normal life uh, when all of these important structures are basically absent from their life. Uh, so I think. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, they, they need to be, of course, uh, you know, elections, but maybe, you know, they will not start with elections. Uh, maybe they will start with reform in uh, uh, judiciary first. Uh, the way they can start with economic reforms, uh, corporate uh, uh, corporate uh, reforms are badly needed uh, because to run a business in West Bank and we are talking about successful economy, then there is no successful economy without the private sector. The private sector is very weak uh, in PA uh, for many reasons. One of them is the corruption, nepotism, uh, and inability to basically run your business uh, freely. Uh, so uh, this is one, of, of course, you know, this is not the 100% of the problems. This is just one part of it, but it's a significant part. And this is something that uh, entirely depending on the Palestinian side, not on the Israeli. Moving to a different facet of this relationship, security coordination between Israel and the PA is one of the most unpopular policies among the Palestinian public, and it's also one of the most important for Israel. How are internal Palestinian developments going to impact future cooperation? In order to proceed with the security coordination in Israel, uh, Palestinian autonomy needs to uh, be popular back. It needs to be credible uh, again. Uh, it needs to show uh, its own people uh, that uh, this path that Abu Mazen has chosen after the death of uh, Chairman Arafat, uh, the, the path of nonviolent resistance, it's actually bearing some fruits. Uh, and here Israel is, you know, is uh, coming into the picture. Uh, because uh, as, even as of today, uh, the current uh, Lapid, the Bennett government, can do a lot uh, in order to prove the Palestinian uh, side uh, that uh, it has uh, right intentions. Uh, it might not uh, you know, go into the negotiations immediately, uh, but it's halting uh, the construction in the 
settlements. It's fighting against the uh, illegal foreposts. Uh, it's allowing more uh, uh, residential uh, quarters building in uh, such areas as Kalkilia, uh, which is, uh, you know, something that they are awaiting for a long, long time. Um, there is some construction that can actually be approved in the sea uh, area. Uh, uh, although, you know, uh, everybody will tell you, no, 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 it's impossible. No, actually, it is possible. It is possible. It takes some uh, stamina. It takes uh, some uh, uh, bravery. But in the end of the day, uh, you know, there are people living there and they cannot live without schools and they cannot live without water. Uh, I'm talking about Palestinians, of course. Uh, so uh, in this regard, Israel has a lot to give. Things that they, they do not hurt Israel, but they help a lot. Uh, the Palestinian population and they help to they, they might help the Palestinian authority to uh, regain some of the trust. Of course, you know, some of their policies uh, will have to change in regards to treatment of uh, uh, civil rights, uh, human rights activists uh, and uh, so on. But uh, this is uh, again, this is something that's internal uh, and it's not rare again for the, you know, Arab countries. You know, this is a kind of good uh, will uh, steps that can be undertaken by Israel and internal reforms, attitude change that uh, must be undertaken by the Palestinians. Uh, in order to do that, uh, you know, there must be a significant push by the international community, first of all, by the Americans, that we all understand that they are focused on something entirely different, China, Russia, uh, but uh, uh, as many American presidents, uh, I think they discovered uh, one after another that even if they don't want to deal with the Middle East, even they do not wish to deal with Israel and the Palestinians, uh, in, in times of crisis, there is simply no other option. So it's better to prevent the crisis today. It's better to prevent another war in Gaza today. And it's better to prevent the collapse of the Palestinian autonomy today. Uh, in order to do that, um, you know, there are many, many things that the uh, U.S. government can do to enhance, again, the, you know, people-to-people -people project, uh, rebuilding the bridges that were broken between Israel and Palestinians. Uh, it's much difficult, much more difficult today uh, to perform any kind of activity between the civil society, Palestinian and Israeli, than it was 10 years ago. Because we lost 10 years. 10 years were basically lost uh, to peacemaking, to progress, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, cooperation in economy, in academy, in high-tech, in water. Uh, and we cannot bring back this lost time, but we can st start again. Uh, we can start today doing what's right. We've spoken a lot about what the Palestinian public makes of all of these developments. Is the Israeli public well aware of the dynamic between Israel and the Palestinian Authority? Unfortunately, not even. Uh, as far as I understand, only the minority uh, of the Israelis is actually aware of what is going on uh, in, uh, in the West Bank. Uh, when it's quiet, then nobody is, uh, is paying attention. Uh, when it will, you know, there will be, you know, like God forbid, but if there will be riots, if there will be another intifada, then everybody will be looking and saying like, oh, you see what happened? Uh, you know, you cannot trust them. They are violent again. Uh, but today we are exactly at the point uh, when we still prevent, can prevent, we can prevent this negative uh, 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 situation. Um, and um, the gap uh, that exists between Israelis and Palestinians, it's huge. Uh, it's huge and it's getting uh, wider by the day. 
by what I mean is is that the Palestinians are non-existent uh, to the average Israeli. They do not meet. Uh, they do not talk. Uh, they are not present on TV uh, except for the incidents where violence is involved. Uh, so basically, there is there is no possibility uh, for any of the sides to connect, uh, to understand, to realize. Uh, but I do think that because you know they still have the majority of the Israelis uh, who have chosen the parties that comprise today the change the government of reforms. Uh, so they will be supportive. Uh, of even it will be baby steps, I think the public, general public, will be supportive of the steps that will be designed uh, to uh, stabilize the situation, to improve the situation in West Bank, uh, and to prevent prevent uh, another way of violence there. Of course, we should not be satisfied with that, because again, you know, we tried, uh, the Israeli government tried to manage conflict, to just keep the status quo and to rely that it will be there forever. Uh, so what we saw uh, uh, this May, I think it's a lesson to everybody. No, things will not stay as they are. Uh, Gaza uh, will not stay only in Gaza. Gaza will also come to uh, East Jerusalem and to Lod and to Ramle uh, and to Jaffa and to Akko. Okay, so Israel needs badly uh, to reconsider its policy uh, towards the Palestinians, to ignite hope, uh, to start uh, talking again to the other, not only to you know, uh, do small arrangements here and there uh, in order to prevent PA today from sliding. But we need to engage in real dialogue again. This is what is missing. That is what was missing for uh, since 2000, maybe maybe nine, I think, uh, since the uh, rise of Netanyahu to uh, power, uh, and he stayed there for 13 years. Okay, so a lot of damage was done, um, and um, it will be very difficult to to repair. But there is no, just no, no other option. Uh, we are here and they are here. Uh, we need to repair. We need to start from scratch again. You raised a big question in your article, and you also raised it here earlier in the podcast. So I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to come around to address it. Is it too late to sound the alarm on Israel-PA relations? This is indeed a big question, and um, uh, although I do realize as an analyst uh, that uh, many of the negative developments that happened uh, in Israeli-Palestinian relations and uh, in internal Palestinian politics during the last years are irreversible, yes, Uh, but uh, still I think that all of the regional players, uh, Egypt, Jordan, Emirates, Saudi Arabia, I think uh, the United States, of course, the EU, Israel is today uh, very much interested uh, in uh, improving the situation and making it better. And there is also realization in PA that things need to change uh, in order to prevent the slide for the uh, chaos and anarchy. Uh, So, you know, if all the stars will be aligned, if there will be the indeed, uh, you know, the uh, will uh, to perform the necessary reforms in PA, if there will be uh, right decision-making in Israel, necessary support from the international community, it still can be reversed, you know, so it might not be too late. Uh, but for that, you need a lot of, uh, 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 you know, positive dynamics, uh, a lot of uh, immediate and right uh, decisions, uh, funds uh, that are necessary today to to basically... Uh, you know, pay the, pay the salaries to the people who 
are doing their work uh, and they're going to work and they will not be receiving salaries. So, uh, so uh, in this regard, I think that uh, it's very important uh, that uh, everybody will understand how severe the situation is, because only when you understand that you can lose, you know, the rest of the stability that you have there, I think only then you can uh, also address to the uh, problem uh, and find the right solutions that will uh, bring us back on track. Like you said, if all the stars align and we'll have to see where this government goes next, it's only six weeks in to its term. So things still have time to shake out. Ksenia, I want to thank you for taking the time to join the podcast today and share your expertise. Thank you very much, Evan. Thank you for having me. And for our listeners, you can find a link to Ksenia's article, which goes into many of the issues that we just spoke about in the description to this podcast. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon.